Welcome to Taking the High Road, a Driver Reach and Freight Waves production. I'm your host, Jeremy Raymer, founder and CEO of Driver Reach. On this show, I interview industry experts and thought leaders who bring their insights to the driver lifecycle as we discuss the industry's greatest challenges, driver recruiting and retention. I appreciate your feedback, good or bad, on the contents of the show. Uh, if you aren't already a subscriber, I encourage you to become one and rate Taking the High Road in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen. Now, today's guest is a little bit of a break from the norm, a different type of industry expert. Uh, I want to share the story of John Lex, professional over-the-road driver with Walmart Transportation. Now, when I say professional, doesn't even begin to define it. And you'll see what I mean. John, welcome to Taking the Higher Road. Thank you so much for joining us. It's great to see you. Oh, thank you so much. And that, that introduction, wow. Um, I'm really blessed and humbled, uh, but I'm excited to be here. Great to be here. Well, uh, the pleasure is all mine. And I can tell you, uh, you know, we talk all the time about the need for the industry to really tell our story, uh, to share with others what a great industry this is and, you know, to improve the industry's image and, and to attract more talent. Uh, today, I'm going to I want to cover a few a few things. I want to talk about your remarkable career and your passion for the industry. I want to talk about um, the challenges that the industry faces in attracting new drivers and, and the work you're doing to improve that. Uh, and then I also want to talk about the challenges that that you're facing personally. If you're comfortable with that, uh, I want yeah, I want to share your story. Uh, and of course, absolutely. I'll enlist your feedback on our newest segment, A Deeper Dive, as we answer uh, a question uh, from one of our listeners. Does that sound good? Sounds great. Thank you. So you've been a professional driver for 30 years. You've accumulated... 30, almost 36. Holy smokes. Over 30 years is actually uh, what I've yes. got. Uh, you've accumulated over 3 million accident-free miles. You have numerous safe driving awards. You've received an Ambassador Award of Excellence, Ambassador Pride Award. You've been awarded Driver of the Year by the Georgia Motor Truck Association. In 2016, you were bestowed with the prestigious Mike Russell Trucking Image Award by the ATA in recognition of all the work you do to promote uh, uh, the industry. You, you speak to the media and schools and, and all kinds of other stakeholders about highway safety and, and economic importance of the trucking industry. You, you personify the type of driver everyone would want on their team. So first, thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for being that. Um, what attracted you uh, to be a, a, a truck driver in the first place? What, what's your background there? Well, my, my dad's been a professional truck driver his whole life. Um, recently, well, I shouldn't say recently. It's been 12 years now. He's been retired. Had over 40 years in the industry. And uh, that's all I remember wanting to be was a professional truck driver like my dad. Uh, at an early age, my dad would take me on the truck with him, and I got bit with the bug early. And just watching him and how professional he was and how the night before he would go to work, he'd always press his shirt, press his pants, and he would spit shine his boots. And then, you know, going to work with him the following morning, he'd get up early in the morning, like one or two in the morning. I remember the night before I could hardly sleep because I was so excited because I just loved sitting in the passenger seat of that truck riding down the road, just watching him, how he operates and how professional he was. And, you know, it not only taught me how to be a professional truck driver, but it taught me how to be a good person because I watched the way my dad interacted with everybody, whether it was a place he was delivering to or where we stopped to eat lunch 
lunch or breakfast, how he treated the waitress staff and everything else. So um, I owe it all to my dad. My dad was my biggest mentor, and I would not be here today if it wasn't for him showing me the ropes of not only how to be a professional truck driver, but how to be a good human being. That's awesome. And, and I saw a picture of you and, and your father recently that you shared on, uh, on social media. That's really cool yes. that you're able to say that's uh, the best. I love him. He's the best. I'm really, really incredibly blessed. Now, what are your thoughts about the industry? You know, as I approach now 20 years, uh, in the industry, you know, I've, I've long recognized how big it is yet how small, um, I've built so many great relationships. You know, what, what's your perspective? You recognize that as well. I'm sure. Oh, I love it just as much today as I did back then, although it's changed a lot over the years. Um, but I still love trucking. I love this is the only industry that I know where you can take truck drivers that drive for competing companies and we all get along. We're one big, happy family. I have more friends that are probably driving different companies than I drive for that I talk to on a daily basis. We text each other, uh, of course, not while we're driving. Um, but you know, just, it's, it's, it's just a family knit, um, homegrown grassroots, uh, industry, which I love. I really love that about the trucking industry. Yeah. I feel like if, if you embrace the industry, it embraces you back and then some, right. And, uh, and, and really tighten it, as you said, um, now, you're wearing on your shirt America's Road Team. You're a captain of the America's Road Team. Can you can you describe what that is? What is the America's Road Team and, and how is it shining a positive light on the industry? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm one of probably 100 active captains right now. Uh, and what we do is we go out and we tell our story. We kind of tell the motoring public exactly what professional truck drivers do. Not only the motoring public, but anytime there's a, a law that's going to be passed on transportation that concerns the trucking industry, we're there to tell our side of the story. Um, unfortunately, the media doesn't seem to always show the good side of trucking. That's where we come in. We let people know that we are the good people out there. Majority of the time when you're traveling up and down the industry, uh, interstate, you don't see a professional truck driver out there because they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do is driving professional. You know, we, unfortunately we do have that small percentage that are unprofessional and to be honest, that's who we want off the road. So we go out and educate people, let them know, you know, the food that you eat, the dining room table that you sit out, uh, all the medical supplies. When there's a time of uh, need, whether it's a disaster, a natural disaster, a hurricane, tornado, flooding, we're always there working side by side with the first responders, bringing all those much needed supplies. Uh, the past two years with COVID, you know, it's been really amazing to see how our story has been able to be told because now the, the, the media sees the importance of the trucking industry and how important we are. We do this each and every day. This is nothing new. This is what we do. But now we're finally getting noticed and saying, you know what? They're, they're good people out there, you know, and in and, and the past two years, I've gotten more thumbs up, fist pumps. Uh, you go over the interstate, you see billboards that say, thank you, truck drivers. Uh, I've had meals bought for me out on the road because I'm a, a truck driver. And if you don't mind, I got one story I got to tell. Um, I was down in Thomasville, Georgia. This was, oh, I think it was March of last year. It was on a Sunday. 
And back then, our stores were closing at 8 o'clock. I drive for Walmart. Our stores were closing at 8 o'clock. It was, you know, right at the height of COVID. Um, I was parking in the front parking lot for the night because I'd already run my hours out. And while I was parking, I parked a truck. I went out to walk around and do a pre-trip inspection. And at that time, a car drove up next to me. And I was really leery because this was at the height of the toilet paper crisis, you know, where we couldn't keep it on the shelf. And I had people, customers follow me behind the store before asking me what I had on the trailer, which kind of makes for a scary situation. So this car pulls up and he rolls down the window and it's a little old man in there. And he says, excuse me, he says, would you mind if I got out and prayed with you? And I just got real emotional because here I am, I'm thinking of the worst. And this guy just wanted to pray with me. He got out of his car right beside my trailer there in Thomasville, Georgia. Uh, This little man prayed with me. He said that his church was closed. They were only doing online services and he didn't do the online stuff, but he wanted to do something. So he went out there and he would find truck drivers and police and paramedics and he would pray with them. And it was just an amazing experience. So that's the stories I want the media to show. That's the real side of trucking right there. That's a great that's a great story. And, and it's encouraging. And I agree. Um, as unfortunate as the past you know year and a half has been with with COVID, I think it's at least there the silver lining silver lining um is the the a one silver lining because there's a lot is a shining light on the industry and the importance of it and the um just the nature of what of, of what you do and how important that is uh, to the economy and so and and in the face of danger frankly and and as you said this is what we do every day and so that's um, a very soldier-like uh, and valiant sort of mentality. Now, you're very outgoing, right? You always have been. Uh, you always have a smile on your face, even even when you're taking a selfie, which is quite often. Yes. You, you, you've, uh, you've been named uh, the selfie king, right? For many pictures you take, you share on social media and so on. Yes. What's the most memorable selfie you've ever taken? Well, I guess it would have been um, almost two years, a little over two years ago, uh, when I had the honor of being invited to the White House and being able to meet the president and the vice president and actually take a selfie with the president inside a beautiful Mack truck uh, in front of the White House. Uh, Just something I'll never, ever forget. Well, and and I was kind of setting you up because I knew, I don't know how you top that. Being able to be at the White House in a truck and have the president of the United States of America in the cab with you as you pull out of your phone and take a picture. But I am curious, what was the Secret Service's response when they saw you pull out a phone or any sort of something in your hand? Well, you were in there by yourself, weren't you? Yeah, we were in there by ourselves. Um, a little backstory to that. The morning of the event, we met with a couple of people from the president's staff, and the question was asked if the president could get up in the truck. And I remember them saying, absolutely not. And it just so happens when the president walked out to meet everybody, uh, he was just looking. We had a white Volvo there, beautiful, the the Interstate 1, and we had the black uh, share the road truck there. And he just was amazed at how beautiful the trucks were. Um, and I remember him looking back at the Mac, just looking how clean it was. It was black and chrome and sexy and him saying, wow, these are beautiful trucks. And I just blurted out, Mr. President, would you like to get in one of those trucks? 
And he said, really? And Chris Beer was right there. He was on it. He says, yes, Mr. President, we would love for you to get in one of the trucks and you could even blow the air horn. And he says, I can blow the air horn. And I remember Mr. Chris Beer saying, if anybody can do it, you can do it, Mr. President, in front of the White House. So uh, that's how we got him in the truck. And, you know, just an amazing uh, coincidence that he just happened to be looking at the truck and just blurted. I just blurted it out. And he was more than happy. He was excited to get up in the truck. I don't know if you've seen the video, but he was generally excited to get up in the truck. Well, that that's so cool, and it's, it was encouraging to see uh, the administration embrace the industry, and certainly uh, this new administration, I think, also recognizes how how vital drivers are uh, to the industry, how important the trucking industry is, and that we've got to do something because it's it's getting really tough. Now, you're you're a professional driver, but for all the companies that hire professional drivers, it is really hard. We're, we're, we're seeing more people leave the industry and certainly COVID, I think, had a, played a role, but we're seeing more people leave the industry, uh, didn't have nearly as many new entrants as we would need, not even close to offset those who left. So we've got this, this shortage, this concern here. And, uh, you know, most would agree this is the toughest they've ever seen it when it comes to recruiting and retaining drivers. Um, you know, what do you think we can do to, to change that, you know, what are some efforts that are that maybe you're involved with, but but what is your kind of perception of what's what we need to do to fix it? One of the things is getting out there and telling our story, um, letting people know there's so many different facets of the trucking industry. It's not just all over the road. Um, a lot of people, when they think of truck drivers, are truck drivers that are gone for months at a time, and that's just simply not the case. If you want to, you can be gone for months at a time. But there's other regional jobs like I do where I stay within Georgia and our surrounding states where I'm home like every three or four days I'm home. There's drivers that go home every night. There's drivers that go home every morning that work all night. So there's different facets of the trucking industry that ought to attract people to let them know that, you know, well, you don't have to do that coast to coast if you don't. There's other facets of our industry that might fit you perfectly. Now, since we're on the subject of, uh, of the driver shortage, this might be a good opportunity to uh, um, for a special segment, which is a deeper dive where we take a question from a listener. The question is, do you believe that reducing the minimum age from 21 to 18 will eliminate the driver shortage? And before before we get into that, I think I agree with you a thousand percent. We, we've constant effort to improve the industry's image. Uh, that's been an ongoing thing for uh, for a long time. We recognize that, and certainly COVID has uh, has has provided the stage for us to do that better than you know than we uh, than than otherwise. But but what do you think about uh, twenty one to eighteen reducing that? Is that something that you've uh, considered? Yeah, at first, let me tell you, I'll be honest. I struggled with it at first, and still, I until I started diving deep into it and found out. Right now, we have eighteen to twenty-one year olds that are driving within the state, and a lot of people don't know that forty-nine states allow eighteen to twenty-one drive twenty-one uh, year old drivers to drive commercial vehicles within their state lines. So, in fact, you could take Pennsylvania. You can drive from Philadelphia to Pittsburgh, which is about 400 miles, an 18-year-old with a CDL driver's license. He can drive that 400 miles, but he can't leave Pittsburgh and go into Ohio, which is 30 miles away. Now, 
these these people are trained. They are trained and trained and trained. They're trained a lot more than somebody that was 21 years old that went to go get their CDL for the first time. So it kind of changed my mind on it. And I've met some of these 18-year-olds. Let's face it, not everybody is meant to be a truck driver. I don't care if you're 21 or if you're 42 years old. You know, it takes a special person to do this job. But with all the guidelines that they have on the 18 to 21-year-olds, I believe we're going to weed out those ones that aren't qualified for that job. That where if they waited till they were 21 years old, we not, might not have that opportunity to weed them out like we do. Plus, between the 18 years and 21 years old, you're just getting out of high school. You're just leaving high school. You can't drive a truck that you might be interested in. And you think, you know what, I'm going to go do this for a little while and try something else. Well, we're losing out on those young kids right there. We're losing out on them in the industry. Um, a lot of them don't have fathers like I had with that I idolized that got me into this industry. You know, trucking is a great industry to be in. And like you and me know, it's a family. It is absolutely a family once you're in there. So I, I'm, I'm all for it. Plus, we can give an 18-year-old rifle and send him overseas to go fight, but we won't send him, hand him the keys to a tractor trailer, deliver much-needed products that we need. So I definitely have changed my mind on 18, 18 to 21 year olds. Yeah, and I think with proper training, uh I, I, that's that's the that's the pivotal you know component there, really good training, really good comprehensive training, and we uh, create a pathway for, uh, for for high school graduates, you know, or eighteen to twenty year olds to get into the industry. Now, um, I want to get into you a little bit, if that's okay. Uh, that's fine. I've uh, I've known you for several several years. Uh, you're yes. recognized as uh, an outstanding industry ambassador, uh, but there's a lot more to you than that. Uh, you're you're a humble and selfless man. You're an incredible friend. You're a husband. You're a father. You're also a fighter. You're in the fight of your life now as you uh, battle a second bout with cancer. You've, and I'm not saying anything that that others don't know because you share this. You you have been. You've allowed yourself to be an open book. Uh, you've shared videos uh, on Facebook with your friends and family, and um, all throughout this this challenging time. Uh, this began what, last April, I believe, when colon cancer was detected. Yes. Uh, how has how is sharing that helped you? It's helped me out tremendously. When I when I first got diagnosed with cancer um, during COVID, um, I was in a hospital all by myself, uh, lonely, scared. Um, you know, I didn't have my wife with me. Um, and when I first find out, it was from the surgeon. And surgeons are great people, but sometimes they don't have the greatest bedside manners. They just tell you point blank, you know, heart pump, sorry, Mr. Lex, but you got cancer. And, you know, it hits you like a ton of bricks. So I, I kind of sheltered myself for a little bit. Uh, but then I got to the point to where all my family, and not just my immediate family, but my trucking family kind of wrapped me around their arms. And I just, I just realized that when you have a terrible disease like cancer, or no matter what disease it is, you don't fight it by yourself. You are not the only one going through that fight. All your family and friends are. So I got past the point of being selfish where I kept everything in myself. I wanted everybody to know, not only because it made me feel better, but I can make other people aware of what's going on. God forbid this ever happened to them. 
You know, I, I think your attitude when you go and fight stuff like this makes all the difference in the world. And without my faith in God and without my amazing, amazing wife and without my family, without my trucking family, there's no way in the world I can do this by myself. So that's why I kind of opened it up. I just said, you know what? Everybody keeps asking me what's going on. And the videos kind of started because I, I hate typing. I hate typing. And I just said, you know what? I'll just shoot a video. And it just took off like a rocket ship. So now if I go a week or two without doing a video, I get hammered with emails and messages. John, what's going on? What's going on? So, um, you know, I make light of everything, um, but it's serious. I, I, you know, I'm in the fight of my life. It's my second go around. I thought that I was going to be one and done. But unfortunately, this January, the cancer came back and it's in three different areas, a little bit more aggressive than it was when I first got it. But I'm still, I'm going to fight it, and I'm going to beat this, and I'm just going to do whatever the doctors tell me. I'm going to keep a smile on my face. I'm going to keep my game face on. I'm going to keep trusting in the Lord, and I'm going to beat this. Well, the second time around, right? Uh, I, I, you had, I, re, I recall back in November last year, you, you, you rang the bell, right? You rang the bell after multiple rounds of, of chemo, and then, I, I, you know, as you just shared you know, the, uh, a second round and you actually shared a video, uh, after doctors had, uh, discovered that, that cancer had again spread. And I felt like that was a, an incredible video that, uh, it really revealed character. It revealed so much character, your, your attitude, the positive attitude, your, your passion, your resolve. Um, and I, for me, and I'm sure anyone who sees that or who knows you can attest to what a, an inspiration that is. And so I, I, I say that because I think I know that you say it makes you feel better when you share this. I think it it it's um, it puts it makes other people feel better, too. You know, and, and as you know, you have a lot of you have a lot of friends and in, in your trucking family who um, who who think the world of you. And I what I'd like to just share real quick, just, you know, for those, uh, for, for the listeners is, uh, your, your, your trucking family, your industry friends and, and, and trucking family have created a GoFundMe page that I'm, I'm going to share here. And I think hopefully there's a, there's a link and, and we'll make sure to put that in the notes as well. Um, join us and, and support, support John. Our goal is to get him back in the truck and help him kick this. So, uh, it, you know, I, I encourage those of you John, you're such a humble guy. You're such a genuine person. You're, uh, I am inspired uh, more than you know, and I think I, I know that I speak for so many of your uh, your close friends. So I'm really excited that uh, that we had a chance to connect here. Uh, I do want to ask you one uh, one last question though. Through all of this, all that you know, this experience has 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 brought. What's a what's a life lesson? Is there any any major takeaways that you can kind of identify, uh, especially in this past year? Well, the life lesson that I've learned, I've learned several. Um, expect curveballs in your life, you know, expect it. Uh, but also, don't be afraid to reach out and lean on people, and just know that you are not in that fight or that battle. Whether it's a disease, whether it's a certain situation. You don't do that alone. Um, it's one thing I've learned with my fight with cancer. 
it not only affects me, it affects my wife, it affects my dad, it affects my, all my family, my two boys. Um, when I got diagnosed for the second time, there was a three-week period where I just, I was so depressed. I just, um, I, I give up on life. I just, I, I just wouldn't, uh, people would call and I wouldn't call them back and Texas, I wouldn't answer. And for three weeks, I just kind of went off the face of the earth. Um, and I remember sitting in my living room and my dad was up here, my sister, my brother was up here. And I remember putting on a front in front of all of them and my wife. And I, I remember I just got to a point where I just couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't take it anymore. I got off the couch and I walked out in the front yard and I remember crying like a baby. I remember just letting go. And I remember looking up and just saying, Lord, I can't do this by myself. I just cannot do it by myself. And I felt this calmness come over me. And, and, you know, it's kind of weird saying this because I'm not the most religious person in the world. But I had this calmness come over me and a chill and also this sense of joy. And all of a sudden it popped in my head, quit being so selfish. You're not in this battle alone. Meaning that my wife, my family, everybody's in it with me that loves me and cares for me. And here I am, I'm being selfish and I'm tucking all this in. So that would be my life lesson is just to let you know that you don't go through these battles by yourself. You have loved ones that go through it with you. That's a, that's a, a great lesson learned. I appreciate that, John. Um, thank you again so much for joining me today. Thank you for all the, the, it's been the an honor. It's been an honor. The joy and passion that, uh, that you've put into your career, making trucking a better place. Um, your incredible inspiration and, and, and someone worthy of, of admiration. I look forward to seeing you in person again soon. Until yeah, me then, too. Until yes, then, absolutely. Yes. What do you say? Happy I'm going to say, stay safe. <laughs> God bless and happy trails. Love it. Thanks, John. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. I, I enjoyed it. And thanks for joining me for another episode of Taking the Higher Road and for spreading the word to your industry peers. We really appreciate it. Remember to follow along at driverreach.com slash podcast. And remember, you can submit questions or comments, including those which appear on our upcoming Deeper Dive segments at podcast at driverreach.com. And don't forget to rate and review the Taking the Higher Road podcast in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever else you tune in. Until next time, thank you for taking the higher road.